Welcome to Ashland New Plays Festival Play for Keeps conversation series, where theater artists share stories, news, and insights into their work. Now let's meet today's guests. Hello, I am Kyle Hayden, the artistic director of the Ashland New Plays Festival slash actor slash director slash professor. And with me today uh, is my boy, uh, Reginald Edmond. You want to introduce yourself, man? Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Reginald Edmond. I'm the uh, managing, I'm the co-founder and managing curating producer of Black Lives, Black Words International Projects. And I am a playwright and a producer and a, a barstool prophet. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, that, I think that, that, this is very accurate, America. This is very accurate. So, uh, thanks for doing this with us, man. We we really appreciate this. Um, uh, I've been. I, I. What is my title with Black Lives Black Words? Am I, am I still a senior coordinating producer? Is that? Yeah, you are still senior. Cur- uh, you are still senior curating. Uh, cor- cur- I can't talk all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> That is exactly it. Yes, yeah. you are a senior coordinating producer. I have there, there. There's many titles. There's many titles we have. I feel like that we. There's a lot of things I that need I want to update this web page now. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things that we can talk about. I mean, it could be a four-hour podcast mm-hmm. if, if people were interested in that. But uh, I feel like we have to talk about how we met first of all. Like this feels like an important story, which I don't know if you remember it, but it's very vivid for me. <laughs> um, so go so, for it <laughs> so uh you know i used to live in chicago and i was teaching at a university there and i went to a barnes and noble and i went downstairs i was looking for a play or something like that uh, mm-hmm. that had been published in american theater and so i go downstairs to the bookstore and i'm looking around right and you know there's two or three other people in a bookstore and you know as a I, I think as we can talk about in the country, you're African-American male. You, you notice as people are like kind of hanging out around you right in the bookstore. So I'm noticing like, you know, there's somebody following me. They think I'm stealing a book. Like, how do I, you know, I had a backpack on. I want people to think I'm stealing or whatever. So I was very conscious. And um, so out of the corner of my eye, I see this, I see this skinny brother looking in the theater section. And I'm like, oh, it's a black guy looking at theater stuff. I'm a black guy looking at theater stuff. Like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. So, I, I'm like looking for stuff. And then you, you say, you know, excuse me, have you seen, uh, I'm looking for the latest edition of American theater. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it too. Yeah. I don't, I don't right. I'd see it here. And I was like, oh, are you, are you uh, in theater? Are you an actor? And no, no, I'm a playwright. And um, yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Humble brag. Uh, and then we just started talking and then things kind of went from there. But I always remember you, you know, looking for yourself in American theater. Um, it, it, as the first way that we we met ourselves that we met right each other. so yeah yeah <laughs> that that feels pretty appropriate for like that last sentence seems pretty appropriate for like my own entire existence in american theater i'm looking for myself <laughs> <laughs> you do though i mean it is a thing like i don't know we all we 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 do this for many reasons but it is always nice to get a little stamp of approval from you know the mm. big dog so it's it's nice when you see your see your name in there or a project that you've worked on. It's like, Oh, Hey, you know, even a show that's they had the listing in the back and it feels like, okay, here right. I am. I've done it. I've made it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think, um, for me, uh, thinking about you and your work, I mean, you're a prolific playwright. You've written so many different pieces, but you know, the thing that has really put you on the map is black lives, black words. And I, can you, I mean, you pitched it to me, and for me, I was excited right away. I, I, I was moving chairs for the first piece that we we did. But where did the where did you come up with this idea? What was it that made you decide, hey, I need to do this. I need to tell tell our stories in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so what happened was that uh, there was a lot of deaths. Needless death, needless violence that was taking place. Um, uh, Sandra Bland and, and Trayvon Martin and, and Michael Brown, and the list goes on and on and on. And uh, I felt mm-hmm. like at that time uh, that there wasn't an opportunity for uh, playwrights to speak out 
about the very issue that is taking place that's going on. Uh, you know, uh, we we had predominantly, it still is predominantly white organizations running things. Um, the uh, the the amount of time that it takes to push your work, you might write about mm-hmm. it like this week, and then have to wait ten years before you have the opportunity to have your your work connect with the community. Right. Um, I was getting uh, crazy, crazy frustrated. And I, I needed to respond. And, and so um, I reached out. I, 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 wonder, I began to wonder how many other people, how many other artists of color are also uh, feeling that exact same level of, of frustration and, and, and want to speak out about the things that are taking place within their very own community and not having that opportunity. So... Um, I got crazy, crazy bold. Um, I partnered with, uh, uh, she was a friend at the time, uh, uh, Samelia Hodge Dalloway. Uh-huh. Now she's my wife. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so we co-founded Black Lives, Black Words together. Uh, I was like, all right, so the first time we're going to go and do this thing, uh, we're going to reach out. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to bring together uh, the five major black theaters in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody knows the wonderful world of Chicago, uh, it's tribal as hell. Uh, so, yeah. so, you know, they all like each other, but they don't like each other. Um, a healthy, a healthy competition, I would say. Healthy competition. Yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. So I, I went to each of these various organizations and I, I told them what I was trying to do. I brought them together and we made it happen and we fire hazard the hell out of the greenhouse theater mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh, and those organizations were uh, black ensemble, uh, Congo square, uh, ETA creative arts impact and Pegasus theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really historic and beautiful moment. And so then we got bold uh, and Sim was like, okay, so it does work. So let me bring it over to uh, the UK. And so we did it at the Bush Theater uh, in London. And we fire hazard the hell out of the Bush Theater, right? Um, And they didn't know what the hell happened. They were like, where did all these black people come from? Um, (laughs) Because we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Right. We're everywhere. And, And so it was a really beautiful and empowering moment. And then so I got even bolder. And I was like, all right. Um. I'm going to take this to Minneapolis. And so I reached out to the Guthrie Theater um, and I said, I want to do this project and uh, I'm going to do it here in Minneapolis. And because you guys have been known to be slightly problematic, we're going to do it in your uh, in front of your building. Um, and, and so then they were like, oh, wait, hold up. Uh, you can do it in our studio space. Uh, <laughs> um, and so uh, we worked with them. We talked with them. They were super uh, useful and helpful to us. Uh, we pulled together uh, Mixed Blood Theater, uh, Bedlam Theater, and uh, the Guthrie uh, to, to make this project come to life. Uh, and we, we fire hazard uh, the Guthrie Theater, one of the biggest theaters and uh freaking america yep. uh, the big blue ikea of american theater it really uh, is like ikea it really does look like ikea if you, you know, yeah right yeah. it really seriously does um and so uh then it just expanded and exploded out and so we were like okay so who else needs to have their voices heard and so we went to we partnered with northwestern to do a college takeover with them uh, which we provided college students the opportunity to not just be uh, you know, oftentimes they're taught to be actors or they're taught to be directors, but they're not really uh, provided the opportunity to be uh, activists and art leaders within their own communities, right? And so we we charged, we made that charge to make that happen. And then um, we expanded out even more because we were getting crazy bold. And so we took it to Canada uh, and we worked with uh, Buddies in Bad Times over there and, and it just exploded and exploded and exploded. So now we've served uh, nine cities, uh, three colleges, uh, 
let me let me go a little bit back there. All right, so yeah. uh, so two continents, three countries, uh, nine cities, uh, three colleges. Uh, we've served over. Uh, we provided the opportunity for over uh, two hundred uh, black playwrights to have their voices heard uh, on major stages all across the country, and then we've worked with over four hundred uh, theater artists and practitioners around around the globe, and so and we're still growing and we're still building, uh, and so yeah, it's, it's been a really crazy ride, and just from a crazy idea that you had, yeah. Yeah, the things that happen on bar on bar on bar schools, man. This is why you start profit. You know, you speak it and you make it. So I think that you know, for me, you know, I, I was working. I, I don't know what my role was that night. I was basically doing everything backstage, moving things. <laughs> I mean, I was doing everything, and um, I'll just never forget the energy in the theater that night. You know, um, mm-hmm. it was we we really were like hustling and hustling the day before with the tech and you know working crazy hours and then coming back and coming just from jump it was just magical and i think all these people came out um to witness uh to hear black people speak words speak truths tell their stories and i you know everybody in the theater i I don't it was just an electric energy that i'll never forget even afterwards everybody hanging out nobody wanted to go home (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're trying to to clean the theater up and you know people are just hanging around the seats or hanging around the lobby Mm -hmm. Um, seeing all these, you know, great black artists in Chicago um, coming together to represent and to to talk to each other and listen to each other, support each other. I mean, it was really beautiful. And for me, you know, I spent four years in Chicago. I was teaching and I did a few shows, but really that was one of the highlights of my experience was just being in the atmosphere, you know, and uh, uh, seeing that, um, you know, there's an energy that if if you haven't been around a lot of black people, there's an energy that we have together mm-hmm. that, um, that was a real, that night was a real representation of that, you know, kind of that communal feel that we have. Yeah. Yeah. For real, for real. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that makes this, uh, this so incredibly special, you know? Um, yeah. Black lives, black words is dedicated to, to social justice and, and commissioning and, and developing and producing, um, unapologetically uh, black artistic responses to current social and political issues. But at the same time, it's, it's an opportunity for artists and audiences uh, to heal and to speak, to truly be in conversation with one another. And I think that's something that's so incredibly rare uh, nowadays when it comes down to the theater that, that we see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like a place where, you know, you can, I don't want to overuse the term safe space, but I feel like it is a place where you can be understood, where your perspective, you don't have to worry about being translated at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. the, the support system that's in place that you and Sim have put together allows black people to communicate their whole selves and to not worry about having to uh, frame it a certain way for these gatekeepers or to soft pedal it here to make sure that we're not offending these folks, you know, I, I think that right. the atmosphere that you've allowed has really, you know, let us tell the stories that we want to tell that they're really interested in, in telling. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's been a really amazing journey. You know, it's been crazy amazing. And uh, we, we got a couple more uh, crazy little projects in the works. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing stuff, something online this summer, which I'm, I'm excited to be part of as well. Uh, what's what is yeah. The, what yeah what's the series called of the, the new pieces that you're doing so uh, this is called uh plays for the people is a it's an online virtual um live stream performances uh created by some of the most exciting uh black playwrights of our times um including myself uh no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but not really uh, so, <laughs> <but not> really. <laughs> so we we have uh, let me just think about who we have on our list. I mean, we we have Idris Goodwin, we have uh, Dominic Taylor, we have Chizza Hutchinson, uh, Anya Pearson, um, uh, newcomer to the game Katrina D. Richard, Richard. Uh, we 
from Nigeria. Uh, we have uh, Wole Ogonta Okun, uh, who's this brilliant, brilliant writer who's running a, a theater company in, um, in Nigeria called Renegade Theater. Um, so, I mean, it's super exciting. And we have, we have some pretty heavyweight directors on board. We have yourself. We have uh, Valerie Curtin, Curtis Newton, uh, Tiffany uh, Nicole Green, who, who's just been doing producing, who's been directing the uh, Hamilton in like Philadelphia or something. Uh, so, I mean, it's we got some heavy hitters on board for this project that I think is going to be really, uh, really special for audiences, and and we're doing it all at the ticket price of 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 a movie ticket right so that's, that's i mean i think this the thing that makes this so so incredibly special is that um we're showing that the versatility and the uh adaptability and the agility of uh black artists you know mm-hmm. uh we, we don't need yet american theaters might be uh hell the whole world's theater buildings are like basically on pause and, and and boarded up and shut down at this moment in time. Some of them might not ever uh, uh, recover from this period in time. But we as Black artists, we don't need these buildings. These buildings need us. And so that's really what this is. This is, uh, uh, in this challenging times, we're recognizing the power and the importance of, of Black artists. It, you know, we come from an oral tradition as well. You know, I grew up with Virginia Hamilton's The People Could Fly, you know, mm-hmm. hearing all these these great uh, tales um, that, that slaves told about you know, getting their freedom. And uh, they're always really inspirational to me. And I think it's one of the reasons that I wanted to be a storyteller. But I think about, you know, as we're in this period right now um, where we have, you know, I think finally people are, are, are listening and finally taking seriously the idea of systemic racism and institutionalized racism and you know uh the murder of george floyd has kind of led to this this popping off this 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 awareness at the same time that the pandemic is happening that COVID has kind of shut us down and so you know i I think um we we're, we're built for this in a way in that you know we come from an oral storytelling tradition and so you know we don't we don't need the physical space in the same way Right. I think it's amazing to be able to kind of it feels like going back to our roots a little bit to tell yeah. these stories in a different way that we're going to just we're going to tell these stories with our words. And we don't even need we literally don't need a physical place. We're going to do it in a virtual place. Uh, mm-hmm. So for me, it's a really exciting way. And, you know, the message when the movement happens, the movement happens. And so you got to get the message out however possible. And so for me, I, I was really excited for you to say, like, all right, this is how we're pivoting. This is how we're going to do this. And, you know, kind of keep things rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think this is this is going to be something that's really going to be uh, really incredible, and and uh, will have a have an impact on, on how uh, we view our, ourselves in storytelling, uh, and 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 possibly uh, how we push forward our, our our narratives. Yeah, for at least at least for a good while, you know. Yeah. Who knows when these theaters open up again? Who knows Who when knows? people when audience will be comfortable to be in these spaces right yeah. but as long as we're able to tell our stories uh there's power inside of that yeah absolutely absolutely are there what kind of stories resonate with you is there, is there a difference for you as a producer and what you're looking to bring versus what you as a playwright put together are there things that you that your, your stories that are like this is something this is a type of story i like to tell or are you just kind of open for whatever floats across your path that day ah that's a good question um uh, so for for me i I mean um i i have a really wide gamut uh, of like what i what i indulge myself in in terms of narratives uh, so like comedy or whether it's, it's something that's, that's, uh, dark and, or, or if it's something that's a drama or heart, heart rending or whatever else, you know, I, I want to immerse myself into those, those narratives. Um, for me, 
I'm really excited by writers who um, are really pushing uh, narratives in really bold and different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited by artists who um, who aren't writing those those uh, those kitchen sinky kind of dramas or those those works that that. I'll just be honest, slave play or, or, you know, who aren't writing those things, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at people. I'm really excited by artists who are socially conscious that are really trying to uplift or to uh, expand the narratives of the, the black, of the black canon. Right. Um, And that's from all around the globe. And so for me, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm like, who who really is crazy exciting to me? Who who is pushing that limit? Who is um, doing the things that I wish I could do with words? Um, that's that's for me is what really gets me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is there someone out there who you feel like I wish I or a play or a play that you're like I wish I'd wrote that play or a passage from a play uh, that you're like, oh, this is something I wish that I had created yeah yeah i mean pretty much anything from uh debbie tucker green is is going to be uh incredible absolutely incredible work uh then on top of that uh uh dominic taylor uh he's he's uh he's one of our our ogs in terms of of uh uh playwriting you know uh uh, he he was he was he's one of the tops. Uh, so I always look to, to what he's doing um, and how he how he's stretching language and pushing pushing how we we view narratives in really bold and exciting ways. Um, uh, Idris Goodwin is, is is hot. I mean, I'm really digging the way that he that he thinks about uh, narrative and how he how he wrestles with the world i think is something that's really special mm-hmm. um man there's the list is long the list is crazy long i mean i, I fall in love with a, a different writer pretty much every single week um so it, it's it's really just like who who's who's speaking that truth you know i i, I think uh a, a playwright's job is to be not just a writer you know, anybody can be a writer, but I think it's also to be a a a poet, a prophet, and a preacher. You know, and so I'm looking when I look at a script, I'm like, okay, how are they preaching to the audience uh, in this moment? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That makes that that's great. That's great. I just want to feel something. You know what I mean? When I you know I'm in the yeah. process right now of reading the finalist plays for AMPF and, you know, talking to the readers and hearing the things that they're excited about. You know, I, I, I want, I want someone to transport me into a place where I, you know, my empathy is off the charts, you know, where I feel mm-hmm. like I, I understand, I know that situation and I can place myself in it. And, you know, I mean, I think there's controversy about, you know, are can things really be universal? I think there are some, you know, human emotions that are, you know, that you can place yourself in. Yeah. You know, no matter yeah, no matter what the situation is. And I, I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I'm so invested in uh, bringing diversity to the stages, um, telling different different stories to different people, um, because I do think, you know, we're all human beings. I, I, one of the, one of the um, images I always I always think about, I always think about when I am doing art is the old picture of the, the Poor People's March in Memphis and the sign saying, oh, I, yeah. I am a man. You know, right. I, I am a man, you know, mm-hmm. um, getting people to see you, to see your, to see your, your full authentic self, you know, to understand you in a, in a, in a, a full way. So they don't pass you up or, or, or stereotype you, but say like, Hey, you know, this, this is a person that has thoughts and dreams and feelings and hopes and wants. And, um, and I want to get to know that person or right. take a little bit more time, you know, and that, it doesn't have to be just about race although it is uh, in a lot of ways for me mm-hmm. but you know i just i, I want to see whole people you know i think uh seeing um 
I think about Koi Wen's Viet Gone, or I think about yeah. Cambodian and yeah, you know, um, but but place where you can you, you see people from different places in the world that are experiencing emotions and things just like we are. Circumstances may be radically different, but ultimately, you know, they're going through the same kind of emotions, and it just makes the world feel smaller, and it always makes me feel better. You know, we'll get, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see you gotta go to a Wednesday matinee, my wife and I, and you know, I always love seeing something that makes the world feel smaller in a good way. You know, so mm. they can bring me into it, and I can recognize what the people are going through in some way, shape, or form, even when, the, especially when the story is totally different than mine. That for me is like, okay, you know, this is something that I'm really excited about. I don't want to see plays about theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, but, I mean even even, even within that, there's 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 a few that that actually do some really amazing things with that within that that concept like that's true. That's true. Uh, trouble in mind by alice childress i, I still of course uh, i still hold that up there as like ah if you're gonna write a play about theater holy shit also you know have those layers to it that also hit so hard on so many different levels that that the audience can connect with you know yeah i i wish more people she's so underrated i i more people need to produce her you yeah know? i i it's i i read trouble in mind for a class i was teaching a couple months ago and it's just you know like this feels like it was written yesterday you yeah know? it's from yeah. What, the 40s or 50s i mean so mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's the kind of like when we talk about classic american plays you know yeah you got tennessee williams yeah you got arthur miller fantastic playwrights but like put alice childress in that group too you know yeah that's real be that's real Teach that and teach that in your universities and your conservatories. We're 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 pushing in a Carnegie Mellon, so mm-hmm. you know. So I have a big question I have to ask you. Oh shit! I want you to talk about. Uh, you uh, are famous for a lot of things for your work as a playwright, for your work with Black Lives Black Words. You're also famous for your ability to piss people off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's the thing that I admire about you, and also the thing that sometimes I'll pull you aside and be like, Reggie, man. Why did you, why did you say that? Um, you, you have the ability, which I really admire to kind of say what you mean or say what you think immediately. And you're not afraid to kind of go after somebody or you're not afraid to speak truth, even if you get some heat from it. And I, I wonder like, where did that, where did that come from? How, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you have this ability or this gift to do this? And do you ever get yourself in a situation where you're like, Oh no, I've, I've said too much. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think part of it comes from the fact that I come from uh, three generations of, of, of soldiers and fighters. Mm. Um, you know, my my dad, my grandpa, my great grandpa—they all—they all fought in in wars, right? Uh, and and I. Even though I didn't put on uh, a uniform, I, I think I still got a little bit of fight in me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think scrappy is a great word to describe describe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also the fact that uh, you know my my dad is a lawyer and my mom is a school teacher, and so they they really pushed uh, for me to be. Uh, someone who stands up and speak out truth and, and uh, stand up for the people who aren't being heard. And, and they, they buried me in, in books about Booker T Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois and, and maybe read roots as a child, you know? So I think all of those things um, really, really added to my like, I got to speak out and I got to say, say what needs to be said that other people aren't. Um, uh, so yes, that's, that's part of it. And then in terms of, is there any moments where I'm like, Oh, Oh shoot. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's pretty much every time that I, I open up my mouth and my wife is like, why did you do that? Um, (laughs) you do feel like there's a bit of a, you know, I say this affectionately, but there is a bit of troll there sometimes where it does feel like you you do just kind of want to press the button and then sit back and maybe 
see how people react. Maybe you're trying to get a reaction or, or is it, or is it all just totally, you know, innocent? No, I mean, I, I think maybe, maybe like 25% troll, but uh, it, it, it is, it is to create that necessary. I really want to create that necessary discussion. You know, I think so often what happens is we have this, uh, bandwagon mentality about pretty much anything and everything and it's just like stop the freaking madness people like uh look at yourself look at where you stand inside of this have you been a hypocrite and why are you now have you been a hypocrite this uh with your through your actions you know action is truth Right. Nothing is more truthful than your actions. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I, I, you know, I pay attention to people, you know, I, I'm a writer. I just sit back and I watch. Right. And so. Um, sometimes you just see people doing stuff, saying things, this, that, the next thing. And then 10 minutes later, they jump on this bandwagon on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else, because that's the the popular thing to say at that moment in time mm-hmm. right and i'm like but i remember you three months ago like and i'm not saying people can't change or wake up or gain some social consciousness or whatever else but i i just have like this weird disdain for like bandwagoning or or um uh cyberbullying or or jumping on on people without having the whole story, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I um, even when I was young, I would fight for people, you know. And so I, I'm I'm quick to jump into a fight. We'll just say that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. I think that for me, like when I I always try to make up my mind before I go into the comments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. When, once you. And I, I, you know, I'd be really curious, you know, how, where, the, where's the study? I'm sure there's probably one somewhere, but how does social media affect these things for us, right? You're getting bombarded with these opinions and ideas and, you know, some of them are similar, some of them are not, or maybe they're all kind of coming from the same direction, even though they're worded a little differently. But yeah, I think sometimes you do have to kind of sit back and figure out, all right, what do I think? What do I believe without that kind of noise, without that echo chamber, you know, before you kind of go. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's totally accurate. I think that's 100 percent accurate. I mean, uh, people saying, take, for instance, uh, VG, a lot of the the people who are are throwing a fit about it, they've been profiting from those from being the marginalized artist that has been like. So it's, it's just like just looking at those those kind of things and looking at that hypocrisy. Like oh now all of a sudden, uh, but you were you were perfectly happy when you were when you were profiting from those that exact same problematic system. Um, well, the so thing about it's always it, interesting to me. Yeah, I think the thing you know you, you know Red is referring to Victory Gardens, which uh, had a big kind of dust up when they tried to uh, hand over uh, control of the theater um, to their the kind of consolidated positions and. Um, didn't do a search after they told some artists mm-hmm. to do a search, and so there was a lot of protesting. And now the leadership has has turned over that that uh, that uh, combined uh, ED artistic director has resigned, the board chair. Right. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a change. I think what's so fascinating to me about that situation now being removed from Chicago is that you know when when Chayu came over, there was a similar kind of tumult in how everything same happened. Thing happened. You know, the like exact same thing happened. And even reading and, like, some of the other history of it, that you 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 see like how these things kind of repeat themselves. You know, um, so it, for mm-hmm. me, it's always I'm, I'm always interested in the history of an organization and kind of how you get to where you get to. And um, I think for me, I I just keep thinking about you know how do you Starting a theater, I mean, you know this, right? You've done this, like starting a theater. Mm. That is that is work. That is a full-time job, you know? But it is a lot of ways the only way you can make sure that what you what you want to tell, the stories you want to tell, the way that you want to re- represent things can be done, 
you know, right. There are, there are people who maybe want to do things a different way than you. And you have to, you know, if you're coming into somebody else's organization, you have to adapt, you have to change, you have to compromise in some ways. And so, you know, the history of that is, you know, I'm fascinated by stories like that or stories like, um, you know, American Blue mm-hmm. Theater, how they shot off. There's a lot of those, a lot of those stories in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Do, do deep digging oh, yeah. about how uh, like, organizations change and grow and mutate. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's what, look, this is what happens when you get people, you know, people are going to disagree. And, and yeah, that's so, that's so real. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the thing for me is, you know, I'm all about uh, protest, I'm all about change. I, I feel like that, that system that was in place for VG was problematic as hell. But I also, you know, for me, I was wondering, my statement was, uh, are they really doing this for the benefit of uh, creating uh, a shift in terms of opening opportunities for all uh, artists of color? Or are they really just doing this in order to hold on to that 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 mm, token slot right mm. uh and so that's the that's the real discussion that I, w- I was really trying to push um because if you look at some of those individuals historically uh and if you look at the organization it's never been really about uh providing opportunities for uh marginalized communities mm-hmm. not when uh i, I love dennis zacek but it wasn't exactly around for that for them then and it wasn't exactly that when Che was running it so i mean yeah well it, i think i think it, you would classify it as a pwi a predominantly white institution that was run mm-hmm. by a person of color and who certainly did bring in a lot of other people of color but i do think it's a fair question to ask like can you change the foundation of an organization in that sense i think we're about to find that out you know i think yeah. we're about to see yeah. the for me, I have been <laughs> I have been really interested in who's made comments, theaters in solidarity mm-hmm. of fighting systemic racism and who hasn't, who has mentioned, who has said the word black or African-American, who has said the word police brutality, who said the word mm-hmm. George Floyd and who hasn't. Right. So that's right. The, that's step one, the acknowledgement of it and the acknowledgement. Yeah. It will not be performative if you do the work. So that's phase two. Right. When we start coming now down the pike in three months and six months in a year, whenever we Mm -hmm. not only in the online offerings that people are creating, but in the when we start to physically get back in the theaters, you know, what are people going to be producing? Exactly. Who are going to be the people that have the opportunities to go to these places? And will these PWIs um, continue to perpetuate the same kind of hiring cycles or will they legitimately be interested? I am right. I, 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 I want to see their board. I want to see their artistic leadership staff. I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this great <clears throat> conflict. Cause I'm an optimist and I'm also a black man, you know? So yeah. like, I have, I have, there's a certain, I think re- reality that we've seen through the hundreds of years of oppression, but I also do try to see the good in people and try to believe it. So, you know, I, I'm, I do, th- I am hopeful that there's going to be some institutions that are going to change and we're going to see some of these legacy institutions, you know, start to say like, you know what, we can do this a different way. We can tell more stories. We are really invested in making sure that, you know, we give equal opportunity that we are promoting, you know, BIPOCs. And if you don't like our mission, there's the door, right? I think we are going to see some people do that. And so my question is, who's that going to be, you know, and, you know, certainly like we, you know, I, I'm having conversations now with all of my jobs. I think I've always felt like my legacy as a black man, I, I've been more of a, a doer, you know, I try mm-hmm. to be my example. I try to, you know, be in the positions that I'm in and, and, you know, call things out when I see them, but I'm trying to really kind of, I'm doing the day-to-day work and, you know, trying to be an example just by being there. And I feel like, no, I actually need to do a little bit more. I need to be a little bit more vocal. I need to be clearer. I need to be more assertive in ways that I lift people up and make sure that, mm. you know, I, I maybe, maybe I've been kind of holding the door open behind me without really looking. No, I need to like actually stop in the doorway and hold the door. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah. and really be intentional about making sure that, people are coming through so i think that for me like that's what i'm really interested in seeing is where are we you know in october 
you know, yeah. who are the places that are going to be affecting real change, making real change, and who's going to be just back to, you know, doing comedy of manners just, as usual. Right. You know? Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm giving everyone the benefit of it out now, today, but <laughs> talk to me in, Ju- in July. See how I feel. Right. Right. That's why, that's why I absolutely love you because you got that kind of a uh, uh, beautiful heart. <laughs> me, I'm like, mm. <laughs> we balance each other out. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but you're also quicker where I'm like, okay, let me wait and make sure that I have all the information here and I'm going to cross check these sources, you know, and I mm-hmm. do, I do sometimes, you know, certainly publicly stifle things. I mean, privately, Chella will tell you that I react to everything, right. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so even with football, I'm a little, you know, laid back, but you know, that's, it, it is how it is. Right. And you just, you know, try to find right. that balance you out and help you figure those things out. So that's why I've always appreciated you because you, you know, can charge right in there. You know, this is wrong. I'm doing this thing, you know, where I'm kind of mm-hmm. like weighing the options, like a calculus problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but we need, we need, we need both of those. We need people who are going to, to, uh, be more measured, and that we also need those who charge in, perhaps blindly, <laughs> swinging swords and Facebook posts around <laughs> for no other reason than just for entertainment purposes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what do you what, do? You have, what do you want to happen next? Where 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 do, where, uh, do we, where do we go from here, Reg Barstool Prophet? Right. Well, I mean, uh, man. So that's an unfair. In question. terms, of, it's so no, no, no. I, I think it's it's a really important question, though. I I feel like in terms of uh, Black Lives Black Words, uh, after we roll out this uh, this this online uh, play season. We're also rolling out uh, a global commissioning initiative in which we're going to put 10 uh, black playwrights uh, and provide them the opportunity to have not just a a rolling world premiere in the U.S. sense where it's done in two cities and then it's done, but but like a global rolling premiere in which plays from a a black playwright is getting to have life in not just one city in the U.S., but also in Canada or in in the UK or in Africa. That's what we're working on next. So that these artists, these artists of color can have the opportunity to have their, their work uh, pushed forward in a really meaningful and an exciting way that, um, that, is, that is revolutionary and groundbreaking, right? Uh, uh, and then on top of that, uh, we're looking at, at, um, at how do we develop and work and, and and mentor the next generation of art, artistic leaders, and also playwrights as well. You know, how do we develop those crafts, right? Um, in terms of, of society, I mean, Jesus, who the hell knows? I, I, I mean, feel no, like yeah. nobody can answer that. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we, what have we've had so far? We've had murder hornets, we've had uh, 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 a giant hurricane in the middle of the central US of A. Yellowstone is 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 bubbling, right? Uh, we, just need some locusts uh, to top it off. Locusts. We just need locusts. I yeah. I read it earlier that those are coming soon too. Oh, great. So, perfect. Uh, you know, UFOs. Um, I think at this moment in time, we're in we are in a place of uh, creating seismic seismic change uh, in terms of of how we deal with race, in terms of how we deal with. Um, uh, sexism and, and all the isms, right? We're fighting against fascism, right? Uh, right now, more than ever before, we are realizing that uh, Obama didn't kill that off, right? Uh, it just slithered into little rocks underneath the, and just was just waiting, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, post-racism, it, post-racial is a lie, right? And so, now we have to really push and fight for the world. We got comfortable. We were like, oh, we had eight years of a black president, right? Uh, 
you know, Canada has like a, a cute white guy, right? So <laughs> things are good, you know? And I think we really needed, needed this kind of a wake up call to be like, oh, wait a minute. Um, uh, the system is jacked up. We've been too damn comfortable. And I think that's what's going to happen now. I think now we, we thanks to COVID, we're going to be pushing ourselves We're gonna, probably towards a Great Depression. Um, and then from out of that Great Depression, if, if people studied history, some really amazing things took place. I mean, we, the, the Federal Art Project took place. Uh, which boosted and exploded out uh, so much incredible art. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's going to happen now. I think we're also going to be uh, reconnecting with, with our family. You know, I, I've never been on the phone with so much to my family members in my entire life to this <laughs> moment in time. Uh, I, I think so many various different things. I think we're going to be getting back to the very basics, you know, uh, we're, we're realizing that we don't need these stupid overpriced gym memberships. We 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 never really needed all that uh, super high tech Bose Bose uh, sound system in the movie theaters. That the storytelling it can be really simple, and yeah, we need to take it back to the roots. We need to take back uh, how we spend and 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 value our family time back. Right, all of these things are. Or resurfacing thanks to COVID, thanks to um, uh, the the multitude of different things that are taking place right now. Hundred oh, uh, yeah. percent. You know, I, I think I've really appreciated you know having time at home with my wife and my son, and just getting a chance to connect with them and see them. And you know, it has been really quality time with them. And I think really for me, it's been great too to like take a take a little bit of a break, you know, it's not really a break. Yeah. I'm 47 jobs, but you know, <laughs> getting a little bit of time to like kick back and like wa start watching Avatar on Netflix and like, you know, mm -hmm. doing those kind of things. But I do think that, you know, we are clearly going to going to have to go to work. You know, I think society, certainly I think white people are going to work in a way they've, they haven't had to work before because really the burden of, of ending racism, if that's possible, is going to be on them, is going to be about educating and about reading and listening and, you know, getting tired and continuing, right? Like you and I don't mm -hmm. have the option of quitting. You and I don't have the ability to stop, you know, because we're black in America. You know, you, you don't get any breaks. You got to keep going. Right. So I think the right. people, the people with, with privilege have to, to keep fighting and keep going. So I think that work needs to be done. I think as theater makers, yeah, we're going to have to work to continue to keep momentum going. I'm not worried about theater dying, right? I mean, the Greeks had plagues too. They came mm -hmm. through it in a different way. It's going to look different. You know, the dust is going to settle. Some companies may go away. There are going to be some companies that are going to come through and, and create something entirely different. We may end up creating an entirely different art form online with, with the digital work that we do, maybe it won't quite be theater. Maybe it'll be something else, but right. I think like our like sustained engagement and creativity, right. Whether you're producing something right now or not is going to be crucial. So like, how do we keep, you know, dreaming about the next thing that we're going to do? How do we keep honing our stories? How do we hone our craft in some way, shape or form so that we can kind of get back when we can gather together and tell stories that are meaningful in some way, you know? And I mean, look, I think, you know, a huge farce can be great. You know, I think it can be, pe people sometimes need that, you know, I'm sure in October, right. November, as we get to election season, I'm going to want some funny stuff to take me out of like what I'm actually living. But I think, you know, I'm really curious as to how we kind of use this reset to go forward. You know, I do uh, sometimes mm -hmm. forget this, this smoothie diet, or like I just drink smoothies for 14 days. And, you know, I mean, that's a whole other part. That sounds like hell. I mean, you know, it, you reach a zenness after a while and it's okay. And you're getting, you know, the nutrients you need or whatever. Like I'm not really hungry. But I think after mm. that 14 days, what's really great is that I feel like my taste buds have kind of reset, you know. So when I yeah. get to a period where I'm kind of jonesing for sugar and I want to have, you know, like cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast and an ice cream sandwich for lunch and a piece of cake for dinner, you know, <laughs> that I can that I can like do this diet and reset. I can do 14 days of smoothies. And then I come back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have a green salad and some chicken. Okay. I'm going right. to have, I'm going to have an apple. Okay. I'm going to have one cookie, you know, but mm. I kind of reset my, I can cleanse my palate and I can kind of start again. 
And I feel like as terrible yeah. as this pandemic has been and the, the you know, the, and it, we, we will not recover from the people we've lost or the people that have gotten sick. Like exactly. there, there's no exactly. replacing that. But I do think that there is an opportunity to start anew and I'm hopeful artistically that we can kind of take this pause and think about when we all come back together again, what are the things we want to create? So it's right. one of the cool things if I can make a shameless plug for my own organization, the Acid New Plays Festival, yes, is that we, you know, we're in the process of developing plays. You know, we try to be an oasis for playwrights. So like we don't have to stop our work. We maybe do it in a little bit of a different form, but we're still ultimately trying to get those pieces ready for audiences mm-hmm. when they come back together. So for me, like that's one of the exciting things about being here. I can just keep keep grinding, keep reading scripts, keep talking to playwrights and making connections and figuring out ways to, you know, bring that next generation in whenever that is, you know? Yeah. I hear you 100% on that. I mean, I, I think, uh, that's, that's a really powerful thing about the arts. And I think, uh, now artists will have the opportunity to realize and really wake up and say, okay, uh, I can use my art as a weapon against, uh, white supremacy, against greed, against uh, corruption, uh, and and really use our tools for something that's really beautiful and 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 powerful and creating the world that we really want to see. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. Me too. Me too. Well, hey man, thanks for doing this. Uh, it's always good. Thank to you, talk brother. To you, um, you know, sad we're not we're we're not close by like the Chicago days. We can just roll up to whatever random bar was nearby. Uh, exactly. <laughs> everything about technology. So, yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. We'll talk soon. All right. You take care, brother. All right. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Bye. This has been a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. Our podcast is produced by Andy Neal and Cara Quinn Lewis, with written content edited by Carol Florian. To learn more about AMPF and how you can support New Plays, visit us at ashlandnewplays.org on the web or at Ashland New Plays on social media. If you like what you heard, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.